Welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. First, I want to give a huge shout out to my amazing daughter, Mia Fox, or as we call her, Sweet Mia, on her 14th birthday, Mia. I cannot believe that our baby is 14 and starting high school. You make us so proud, uh, but you also make us feel kind of old. Seriously, you are awesome. We're so proud of you. We love you. And we are really excited to celebrate your birthday with you today. Now, to the podcast, day three of Yoga Week. Today, I'm joined by Julia Stevens to talk about high-energy yoga. Julia is my yoga teacher. When not in the middle of a global pandemic, I am at her class every week, and I love it. Julia's class is a yoga class on steroids. Loud music, lots of energy, crazy hard, positive energy, and a terrific workout. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but it definitely is mine. Julia's throwing heat at 100 miles per hour for nine innings. Bring it. I hope you enjoy hearing from Julia today. Tomorrow, we get to learn all about Ashtanga yoga from Jamie and Scott Herrig. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Helpful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. Okay, we're here with Julia Stevens, who is my yoga instructor and yoga guru, and she's joining us from Bermuda, where you've been sequestered since March, I guess. How you doing, Julia? Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. I'm doing actually very well. I've uh, adapted to island life. You know, entertainment is pretty much birds and lizards and turtles. That's pretty much, <laughs> that's like live entertainment here. So, yeah. Fantastic. So so the reason I, I, I list you as my yoga instructor, as many of our listeners know, I do practice yoga. But basically, when I say I practice yoga, that means I go to your class, or at least when it was in existence in, in, you know, in person. And you are the person who I do yoga with the most uh, in my life. And so I really love your class, obviously, and I appreciate uh, how you do it and what you bring to the table. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. So thank you for bringing me into the world of yoga. You're making me blush now. You can't see it, but you are. Oh, excellent. And we're definitely going to go into sort of what your class is like and your style and how you run it. But just so our listeners understand, tell us like your story. Where, where are you from? How'd you get into yoga? You know, wh- how'd you come to where you are now? I'm originally uh, born and raised in Germany and where my family still resides, including my sister and her family. Moved to Miami at the age of 19, went to school there, got married at some point, too young, but that's another story. Um, Moved across, was actually married to an orthopedic surgeon, so a little familiar with the medical field, but obviously uh, not too much. But yoga didn't start until much later. I got divorced and then ended up on the East Coast, lived in Boston. Still really haven't gotten into yoga at that point. I haven't started, I didn't start teaching yoga or actually taking my first yoga class up until maybe 13 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I'm in my mid-40s now. So I started pretty late, but better late than never, right? Always. I really kind of just stumbled across. I was doing, uh, I was taking 
many like high intensity interval trainings at Equinox, and I literally stumbled upon a yoga class. And I went in, and it was not really what I had. It was a little too slow for me, and I wanted more kind of a workout, kind of what my class is um, at the moment. Right. So kind of, you know, looked around, tried different classes, and really fell in love with the practice, with the challenges. And I never thought it was actually that challenging, and every time you actually take a class or practice it's a completely different experience right but yeah shortly thereafter i uh, actually got my certification and started teaching where'd you get your certification i got certified at pure a pure and so who was who who were uh, were or are your mentors like who taught you kk and yogi Charu. yeah i uh yeah i spoke to kate cuss and she had the same a very similar story, actually, but uh, the same. She had the same mentors when she got her training at Pure. Very amazing education and experience. Even if you're not planning on teaching, it's a great experience to um, get your 200 hour certification. And then I obviously I did some Ashtanga training after that, and hot power for spe- to specialize for the hot room. But yeah, that's kind of how it all. That's kind of how it all started. Right. And so you were you you were already into exercise and fitness beforehand and just sort of found yoga and added that to your to what to what you were doing. Correct. I was more into exercise. There was not really a mindful aspect of the exercise. Right. So when you do like a high intensity interval training, it's really more about like power, go, 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 you know, push up, you know, dumbbells. So it was more just a real workout which can be a little strenuous on your body if you're not stretching properly and i was honestly a little bit on the lazy side as far as the stretching so that yeah so building muscles but you're not really taking care of your body properly and stretching before and after and it's interesting what you mentioned how the first class that you went to you thought was a little bit slow and i think that some people have that experience particularly people who exercise a lot and sometimes I think often it's because they they came to the wrong class based on what they're looking for. People don't realize how how varied yoga classes can be in terms of intensity. Very true. Very true. There's so many different styles of yoga, and there could be someone that he's you know that's considered a power yoga teacher could be teaching a more of a of a slow flow or a vinyasa flow. I mean, we've both been in the same boat. We've both taken those classes. Different types, different styles. That's why if anyone has this broad statement, oh, yoga is not for me, you know, I'm I'm not flexible. I'm not, you know, I'm not into that whole foo-foo stuff. Yeah, I could tell you there's 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 no foo-foo in your class. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is foo-foo, but some people think, and until they actually get on the mat, I mean, sometimes I have uh, husbands from from the wives now that are taking the class online, and they're in the background, and they're, I can see, they're like, whoa, you know, I thought you were doing a little bit of yoga. Well, yeah, I am doing a little bit of yoga, and they're, they're it's, it's a very eye-opening experience for them to actually see it now that the wives are at home. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I I tell people, you know, about your class. It's one of the reasons I personally enjoy it is it is a crazy hard workout. 
I mean, this is, it's no, you know, it's an hour and it's, it's no different than if I, you know, ran for an hour or did some, you know, some high intensity type, uh, a training for an hour. That's the way it feels. Cause that's the way you run it. And that's something that people know when they, when they walk into your class or if they don't know, they find out very quickly that that's what it's like, but it is yoga. I mean, it is, it is pure yoga. There's a lot of Ashtanga, you know, type of practice in it. It's, you know, and it has also mindfulness, but it's, it's very, um, hard. And that's obviously something that you you prefer to do in your classes. I mean, it is hard. It is challenging. But you can also see your improvements throughout the class, right? Right. Because I pretty much the same flow every time. Mm-hmm. Some people after, you know, after 10 years, don't, I mean, it's pretty much been the same now for the past four years. I, it took me a long time to actually put the flow together so that it opens up the body properly so that you're not injuring yourself by the time you get to all these poses. But you can also, because you practice every single pose in the class, you will see your slow progress over a period of time because you are practicing every pose every time you take my class, right? So right. Just, look at, just look at your practice. I mean, you can... <laughs> movements of your practice right all the arm balances that you weren't you know that it took a while to get to i mean it's amazing right and then yeah yeah, i mean you've made amazing amazing progress i used to be horrible and now i'm a little bit less horrible i would stop it (laughs) i joke but it's true and it's everyone that's one of the nice things about yoga is that it's really, it's almost like I don't play golf, but people say it like you're playing against yourself in a certain sense with yoga. It's the same way. Like I'm not comparing myself to the person next to me because he or she may be way more advanced than me or maybe way less experienced than me. But for me, I can track my own progress and what I'm able to do, you know, over time. And also you can sort of see just how you are in a given week. Sometimes you're like, I just don't have it today. And other days you can say, yeah, I have it today. And that's one of the nice things that I don't feel bad that I can't do some of the things that other people in class do. I just feel great if I can do something that I couldn't do yesterday or I do it better than I did it yesterday or it's easier or whatever it might be. And that's one of the nice things. And another thing which is great is since, as you said, the class is the same pretty much every time you go. Sequence, you, yeah. Yeah, the sequence mm-hmm. is the same. You really, you get a sense of the same movements. And the other thing is, which a lot of people don't realize is the the teacher that you know where each student is and you know if someone's doing something new or better or more advanced that you have that sense also. Correct. Yeah. Right. And you love to call people out in class. You love knowing people's names and, you know, shouting them out. I'm still terrible with names, but, you know, at least now with the online Zoom, the names are on the bottom. So, you know, <laughs> no more issues. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're really but, not terrible with names. You, I mean, you pretty much know everyone's name in the class. And if you don't, you'll ask them. You'll say, remind me your name, which is great. I think it's awesome. And people really feel invested in your class because they know that you know who they are. Well, I think you have, if someone comes to your class at least two or three times a week over, let's say, three months, let's just say three months, I think as a teacher, I would want to know their name. I mean, why would I not want to know their name? Right. If we, I don't. You know. We know your name. But the name, then, you know, why am I even teaching? You know, teaching is all about getting to know your students' practice, getting to know your students and knowing their name. Right. right? Yeah. Someone is doing something improperly. 
or needs an extra adjustment, you know, back in the old days or whatever it might be, you, you call them out, you know, bring your right arm forward a little bit more, Natasha, for example. Right, right. right. So you also have this unique way of doing it as a motivator. You'll, you, it's almost as if you make sure to call out everyone's name in class at least once. You know, say, hey, great job, you know, great job, Steve, Nate, good pose or whatever it is. And it really keeps people centered that they know that, you know, that you're you you got your eye on them. Yeah, it keeps it keeps people on their toes, you know, and it's always nice to get a shout out. Who doesn't want to feel good about a shout out? Right. Even if you're holding the warrior two pose, which we're holding for 10 breaths, that's hard. Don't think that's not hard. I mean, it's hard. So if you're doing it absolutely beautifully with super straight arms and you're not moving, you're not fidgeting, yeah, why wouldn't I call you out? Right? right? No, listen, I think it's it's something that I found so interesting. A a lot of teachers don't do that either because they they don't know the students in their class or just not their style. And I always found it so motivating that I'm like, you know, you can't, in a certain sense, it's motivating because, hey, you know, she notices me. In another sense, it's like, I can't hide. You can't hide from Julia. She sees you. So <laughs> she's going to call you out. <laughs> you better you better be you better be in the room. You better be on the ball. You better be on your ball. <laughs> she's 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 got she's got you. She got her eye on you. And then also, I mean, as as we've spoken about so many times, the the music you pick, your class is like a rock concert in a certain way. And it's you know, the music is loud and it's energetic. And it's fun. I always make sure, Nate, that when I have special playlists, that <laughs> when you're in class, that I'm sure that those playlists are, or at least 50% of some of the songs are going to be rotated into the playlist because, you know, I want to make sure Nate is happy. Well, you know? I, I, yeah, we, we, we have spoken. I said sometimes your class can, you know, sort of lower itself to sound like a bat mitzvah with uh with all the teen girl music and i said you know what yeah there's a, there's a couple of guys in here maybe want some rock and so it's it's i do appreciate that you throw in you take requests like a dj it's almost like a class with a dj i have a list on my phone actually where i have people's um i mean on my spotify i actually have from my regulars that are coming in you know that come to a class of mainly in the morning. I have a Spotify playlist for you with all your <laughs> songs. And there's like probably 12 other students that I have, you know, their favorite songs that randomly then I add when they're like, oh, wow, I love this song. So I add it to their list. Some people only have like three or four, you know, songs on there. But at least if those people are in the class, I can throw that song in there. It's the same concert, those shout outs. If I'm there and Suddenly, I hear a song that I know you're playing because I asked for it because it's you know some random song that you know whatever and it's it's cool and I think it really again it keeps people present in the class and it it keeps everyone you know focused on what we're doing and that this is interactive it's not just you know me doing my thing but you're really a part of it and I think that's great. Tell me about how how did you get connected with all those folks that come in from the program that you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got connected through uh, Strauss Dalnick, who runs the program. Right. So explain what the pro- the program, in quotes, is. The program, I mean, I'm not a, an expert on the program, but it is actually the program that Strauss Dalnick has created to engage individuals who like to work out. And it's pretty much 
it's a seven day. I think they're maybe taking one day off. Right. It's like it's like a club of some sort. It's kind of, it's a club, but it's more of a sponsorship. I mean, he's an amazing individual. I'm not sure if you've, you know, read about him or um, know, you know, know anything about him, but it's pretty much he sponsors all the members. So whenever they come to Pure or wherever they go for their exercises, he pretty much sponsors the whole program. And it's intense. I mean, if you look at the, I mean, these, these guys are doing crazy hard workouts, you know, six or seven days a week with running and lifting and cycling. And I mean, they're really, really, I mean, these guys are super duper fit. And by guys, I don't mean men, it's men and women. It is, it is an insane like group and and they all come to your class. You're, you're, you are their like go-to yoga class. And like when they're there, everyone knows because there's, you know, like 10 extras who come in and they're all, you know, super duper, you know, like ripped. <laughs> they're coming and doing yoga and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> the rest of us, you know, schlubs are like, oh man, <laughs> look at these guys. A lot of them actually, they're probably thinking, oh, here we go. Got to take a yoga class for the ones that are the first timers. Right. And that's like six o'clock in the morning. Like, oh, okay, that's okay. I can do a little bit of stretchy, you know, six o'clock in the morning. And then they get the little wake up call, you know. <laughs> they didn't yeah. realize, that, yeah, they didn't realize they entered Julia's boot camp at six in the morning. I, uh, I, I mean, I hear them in the, in the locker room afterwards. And like you said, the, the people who are, who come and they know, they know, but the, the newbies, they'll always say, my God. God, that was so much harder than I thought it would be. And then, you know, Strasso was like, yeah, this is, this is no, uh, this isn't your grandmother's yoga class. This is hardcore. And they're all, and then they, they pretty much get hooked on it. They all love it. Not for everyone, but I say it's definitely accessible for everyone. Right. 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 So whether you're working with an injury, whether you're, I mean, I have 75 year olds in my classes. Right. Right. And some of them are still rocking the arm balances. Right. So it's really all about, and you listen to your body, it's really all about what you want to take out of the class. And then I have others that are doing a couple of poses, go into child's pose, then pick back up, back into child's pose. And everyone knows that that is okay. Right. You know, right. so people never, modify. I have to. I have to. I would never force anyone or make it make it uh, look like it's not okay or make them feel like, wow, you know, you have to you have to do it. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The 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 levels and the sort of athletic ability and the strength and everything varies uh, tremendously in the class. And it, it's self-selected. It's people who enjoy that sort of style. But there's definitely people in there who are doing, you know, much less. And either they're more beginners or maybe, like you said, they're maybe older or they're coming off an injury and everyone sort of does what they're capable of doing. But I think it's just that certain people are really respond to that more upbeat, motivating type of atmosphere versus the more like calm, quiet, serene atmosphere. And they're both great. It's just sort of different people are looking for different things or maybe just they do both and they just want one versus the other. What, what do you do when you're, when you're not teaching your own practice? How do you, you know, what kind of style do you have? I started uh, doing my own uh, Shanga primary and second series. That was up until, up until maybe two years ago. And then I could feel a little bit of 
And that's only because I've I've done gymnastics for the longest time throughout my teens. So my knees were kind of getting a little. Lotus was never one of my, you know, where you cross, you know, in case listeners don't know what Lotus is, but it's a pretty deep bend in the knees. So I pretty much started taking my own class and just going through it because I felt better and I felt like I got it. I really kind of got my workout. Do you do other exercise regularly or is it just yoga now? I actually recently, since I am now missing my 20,000 steps of walking in New York City, I recently started running here. Ah, what's better for the knees than running? (laughs) Well, hold on. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. I started running for maybe a week and my knees were kind of like, hmm. Okay, not so good. Now, my newest thing that I have found is running barefoot in the sand. Oh, oh, oh that's the naturalist way, the barefoot runners. That's, that's a whole other culture. That's great. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, zero impact, super hard, super hard. Wow. I mean, yeah, super hard. So I do a few laps back and forth on the beach mm-hmm. and there's, you know there's technically no one on this beach so I go back and forth for maybe like <clears throat> half a mile I mean that's a long that's a long maybe not a half a mile I would say maybe 10 minutes and then I'm kind of you know I'm still starting so my stamina is not the greatest when it comes to running then I have to run in the water because it's so hot and then I do it again and then I do my little handstand practice on the beach mm-hmm. so yeah, but um, I know that your wife is a huge runner. I follow her on uh, Instagram about all achievements. So you know, she yeah she she was a big runner. Then she was doing all yoga. Now she, she's back into running because it's just harder for her to do yoga on a you know on the online and whatnot. But oh, so now when you come back to New York, we're gonna take you running. We're gonna turn the tables on you, and we're gonna, <laughs> so now we're gonna. I'll, I'll give you a shout out though when you run. Hey, good run, Julia. I don't think I'm quite there yet. I'm not. I'm. Um, I'm not uh, even in her um, league. Not even. <laughs> I want to come back to something you said earlier about when you when you first got into yoga and you went to that class and you said that you know the exercise you were doing beforehand was intense but wasn't mindful. And I assume that when you got into yoga, you were doing sort of still very hard exercise. But explain how you incorporated that and in what you do with being mindful? Because I guess if someone maybe just walked into your class or heard us describing it, you would think it's not yoga in a sense. It's just, oh, it's exercise, you know, just, you know, that sort of looks like yoga. But in fact, it is mindful. And how do you sort of reconcile that? Or how do you put the mindfulness into that more intense yoga practice? I feel like mindful mindfulness, maybe just to kind of define, for me, the definition of mindfulness is actually connecting your breath to your movement, right? Mm-hmm. That's like when you're in the intensity of the interval training, you're pretty much just happy to breathe while you're while you're running, while you're doing squats, push-ups, and so forth. When you're actually doing yoga, whether it's athletic or a slow flow or a meditation, you are actually focusing on your breathing. You're right. focusing focusing on your breath and that alone awakes the mindfulness where you're actually aware 
not just of your mind, but you're actually focusing on your breathing, right? And that's so, a very Ashtanga-based concept, right? Correct. Correct. Yes. But it does make it, and I do usually call out the inhales and the exhales in the class. Yes. So, yes. I was going to mention that, that it's part of your instructions. It's not just, you know, upward dog, downward dog. It's it's like, you know, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, three breaths, five breaths. And it's very, it's it's not regimented in the sense, but it's again, it's that it's it's encouraging the awareness of your breath at the time you're doing these poses that are very challenging. Exactly. And I think most of the poses I hold at least four or five breaths, right? Which also right. goes back to the practice. But in in the time of the five of these five breaths, you actually have time with the little cues that I give. And I try not to over cue because at least that way you can actually focus on your breath and not just hear me, you know, talk the entire time. It's it's a very fine balance of how much to cue and how little. There's a very fine line there. But with, when you're holding a pose, for example, for five breaths, and I count the inhales and the exhales, you can then actually focus on on your calmness, on your mindset, and try to kind of like relax from within, if that makes any sense, right? Uh, yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense that it's it's this really interesting dynamic of on the one hand being, yeah, working very hard on your your body, your strength, your stretching, your balance, all these things, but at the same time trying to keep your mind still and focused and breathing. And those two combined is a, is an additional challenge to the practice. It's 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 like one other thing you're trying to work on, which is which is hard. It's very hard. And I think when I was referring to the mindfulness coming back to it from these um, high intensity interval training, there's really there's not any focus on the breath, right? There's none of it. And then the class, I guess my first class that I stumbled into, it was just all about breathing and meditation and maybe a little bit of flow. So it was it didn't discourage me to explore further. So I guess there was a there was definitely an interest there, you know, otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation right, right. now. Right. So Yes, I think people don't understand how or they don't realize how hard it is to actually hold a challenging pose for five breaths, be completely still and focus on their breath, right? So it's very hard to get out of your head, especially with everything, with the chitter chatter that's going on, going through your mind. Everyone has always something on their plate, right? That's whatever it might be. It could be something little. It could be just an upcoming, could be an upcoming bar mitzvah, whatever it is. There's always something. And really just trying to take an hour and not think about anything but connecting to your breath is very difficult. Right. I think it's almost maybe for, you know, for people who've never tried it or don't, you know, and are, are really just sort of curious about it. I think one way to think about it is, is if you had an hour, you could take an hour and exercise for an hour, and you could take an hour and meditate for an hour. But the idea of yoga is to be doing both at the same time for an hour. 
And that's very challenging. And it's why people, you know, are always, it's called practice. It's you're always learning because you never get it perfectly. Because, you know, there's the exercise aspect, there's the meditative aspect, and there's trying to do them together aspect, sort of linking them. And that's very hard. I mean, I, I've, it's, it's, and I can tell like those days when I'm doing it and my mind is wandering, I'm not as good physically. I'll be falling over. I won't have the, you know, the, I won't be able to hold the poses. It won't be. And there's certain days you can just sort of sense that like that you're much more locked in and it's just a better practice and, and orgasm, you feel better afterwards. It's the fine balance to not not be too hard on yourself and say, okay, I'm just don't overthink it. I'm just not I'm not as strong as I will be tomorrow or as I was yesterday, and just leave it at that. You know, there's a lot of people that beat themselves up about, for example, you know, just to bring an example, doing their handstands. Right? Everyone is always kind of like. And that's why I sometimes jokingly say in the class, not just about a handstand. This is not the handstand practice hour, right? Right. Because people are so hung up over it when they're and they're missing they're missing the big picture. But yeah, it's always, you know, take it take it one breath one day at a time. You know, if it's not if you're not at your hundred percent or where you think you should be with your practice today, then okay. I will try again. I will do it better. I will try better tomorrow. It's all about not giving up. You're getting back up and you're doing it again. And like you mentioned earlier, it's not about comparing ourselves uh, with the person next to it, right? Right, right. It's uh, and it's you're you're what you're talking about and these the vibes that you have in the class. I mean, if you if people go to your website and they should, it's it's. Your name, www.juliastevens, that's Stevens with a P-H, dash fitness.com. There's all these, you know, quotes and whatnot, and they all sort of focus on the same thing, you know, that there's things like dynamic, positive vibes, you know, hands-on, playful, athletic, that you're very, you have this positive outlook. You always give your inspirational message at the beginning. It's not a long talk. It's not a whole Dharma talk, but you know, just a nice little quote a nice little thought for the day that's very positive. Do you, do you always plan those in advance? Do you have like a whole list of them? How do you come up with those? I do plan them in advance. And then sometimes sometimes there's a certain, you know, certain students are going through like a hard time and they're popping into class. And so then I have to like reconfigure my right. quotes. And then I have to go back into my database as I'm teaching on my phone. It's quite challenging at times, right? <laughs> it's a, it's it's good. Those are that's it's good stuff. Those are good messages in there. They're very they're very positive. They're uplifting and they're and they're quick. It's like a really nice like thought for the day to start the start your morning and sort of re you know kind of at the same time you know wakes you up because it's you know it's it's so it's so early. <laughs> also, yeah, at least our classes. It is early. It's early. And I mean, I'm still teaching the same, uh, you know, some of our same students that you probably know right now online. Right. So it's, yeah, the show must go on, you know? <laughs> the show must go on. How, if you had a, if you were selling yoga to someone who's, you know, never done it before and is, you know, sort of, you know, hearing all these podcasts about is interested, number one, 
I'm going to ask you like, what would be your sales pitch like to, to sort of encourage someone to try it? And then the second thing I'm going to ask you is like, how logistically should someone do it? How should someone start? So first, what would be your sales pitch for why yoga is a great thing to try? If someone asked me personally, I would yeah. say, I'm going to give you a, per- I'm going to give you a free private session mm-hmm. and we're going to have a little chat and you tell me what you want to work on. You tell me your injuries and that's it. So pretty much that would be, that would be my sales pitch right there. The class will be my sales pitch. Got I would it. give just like free... yeah. experience, see it, see it to believe it. Absolutely. Because you can't really even, you can't even pinpoint, you can't pinpoint just one, but yeah, I mean, if I'm, gosh, yeah, I should probably, I should probably think about a two minute elevator pitch, shouldn't I? Yeah. That's... <laughs> and I think one of the other messages that that's come out a lot is, you know, again, it's, there isn't something that's for everyone. And for some people, fine, they don't enjoy it. Great. Like, okay, there's a lot of things to do that, that are, that are, you know, positive and beneficial and helpful. But one of the things is I always encourage people if they went to yoga class and they didn't like it, don't stop there. Cause most people had the experience that you did that maybe the first class they went to was like, eh, I don't know. And then you know, you find a different one, like, oh, this is the one that speaks to me, or these are the three that speak to me, or, you know, whatever it might be, there's so many options and so many styles and so many speeds and so many attitudes, and that you really can find something that matches. It's like when you have a wine that you don't really like, right? Not to bring alcohol into the conversation. It's okay. It's it's during the pandemic. It's allowed. I mean, if you're having a quote-unquote, not-so-good bottle of wine, you're not going to just write up wine altogether, all right? You're going to try a new bottle, you're going to try a different bottle of wine. Right. Maybe that's not your grape varietal, maybe you need to go into X, Y, and Z. So, you know, maybe not the most appropriate comparison, but it's kind of the same thing with yoga, right? Not to... No, I think so. I think it's a great comparison. I think it's, uh, you know, and everyone's Everyone has a different, like wine, like food, you have your different tastes. You wouldn't give up wine altogether. You don't give up food altogether. You have to find what speaks to you. And that the point is to know that there's, there is a lot of variation in what goes on in yoga practice and that it's, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. You have to like the person, feel some sort of a connection to your yoga teacher. Otherwise, why would you be even taking someone's class? Right? Right. So it has to be some sort of a, that personal element there. But yeah, I agree with you that it's definitely if someone wants to get into yoga or it just has the slightest interest of getting into it, you know, be open-minded, be open-minded, maybe do a little bit of research before you take a class about the particular instructor. That's always a good advice. And then if you're a brand, if you're a beginner, I would start with a beginner. I would start with a beginner flow or a private yoga class. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And even as an advanced practitioner, for us, if you or I would take a beginner's class, it's very challenging. Let me tell you. Right. It's very challenging to hold those poses, even just the warrior one. And to make sure that you are aligned properly, very, very challenging. Right. So it's not just, you know, we're stretching on the mat here for 60 minutes. So it's, it's very hard. 
Right. I'm just I'm just so flattered you put me in the same sentence and you as like, you know, people like us. I'm oh yeah, me and Julia, like we go to classes together and, <laughs> and I'm and I'm having and I'm having I'm I'm having a, a heart attack while you're <laughs> you're doing what you do. Yeah. Your your practice has is amazing. You know? It's oh, really I'm so glad this is over this is over a podcast and not on video. <laughs> oh no, it really is, but you have to I mean I've seen your progress, right? So, you know, you have to take my um my word and you know, my my feedback for it, right? I've seen you I've seen you pro I've seen your progress. No, I, I've definitely, I'm definitely, it's, it's, it's much different from when I started, which I, which is, I, I value and I'm, I'm happy about that. So no, I, I definitely have seen my own growth. I just don't know if people saw you and me next to each other, they'd say, oh yeah, those two. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh, 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 Julia, Julia brought someone with her. <laughs> oh, stop it. It's remember it's the, it's the flower. It, it doesn't compare itself to the flower next to it, right? It just blooms. That is one of your. It's one of my favorites too. The two flowers. It's it's a so so. I, I just I want to wax a little philosophical with you for a while. What you know? So you 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 said you got into yoga a little bit later in life. Obviously, you were still young, but maybe you know you didn't do it as a teen or in your twenties. What what is yoga and the practice of yoga and studying it and teaching it taught you about sort of life potentially? Like, what lessons have you learned about about life from from being involved in the world of yoga? First lesson is patience. I was probably not the most patient person before I started getting into yoga. So that's probably that's probably my my biggest my biggest lesson that I've learned through my yoga practice, uh, which has then also carried on to obviously my entire life. I think I think it it takes time to try to master and there's never a full mastery of any kind of pose anyway but it takes a lot of patience and a lot of practice because we all know it's 99 percent practice right? right right that's that listen that's a big lesson uh and what 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 has yoga taught you i'm going to ask you first about about people what you've learned because you know you have so much interaction with people doing this you know other yogis and people who take your class and People talk to you about that. And then I'm I'm warning you, I'm gonna ask you what it's taught you about yourself as a person. So first you can focus on other people. Actually, it's a very good question, especially to ask right now in this pandemic, because I have really seen the students that have really kind of stuck stuck with me throughout this entire process through from May up until now, right? Mm-hmm. And some of them some of them come as a surprise and some of them are some of them fall, fell completely off the radar. The ones that were that I had thought were gonna be practicing like every day. You know, the ones that are sending me messages. Can you do, can you do this? Can you do this? I want to class here. I want to class there. So it's kind of like, I don't know, is that the right, is that kind of where your question was going to, or are you thinking more on the physical aspect? No, it's all uh, anything. It's uh, just, you know, the things that have sort of surprised you. I think that people get into anything. They just sort of find new insights into people that they never had before. And that's why I was actually curious if you, what have you learned about yourself? going through this journey 
I've learned about myself that money is not is not everything. It's not that it's not that important. I mean, you need enough to survive, but it's not all about making just making money, right? And I used I used to just to clarify that uh, statement. I used to sell real estate in New York, so that was probably one of the number one reasons as well. I I stumbled into the yoga class because it was just such a it's like a race for the finish line, you know, and everyone just you know knocks everyone down next to them, you know, not to knock on New York real estate, but it's a very very competitive, it's a very cutthroat field of work. Mm-hmm. So it gave you sort of that perspective and like calmness in a sense? Absolutely. And I was just tired of the everyday hustle, the worry, the this, the that. It's just, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, like the hunger Games. you know, you just <laughs> run. One, I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, I had nightmares. I wake up in the middle of the night. I mean, there was never like, there was never a moment where I wasn't answering emails, phone calls and, it was just nonstop, right. and it really taken over my life. And I, yes, I was working out, but I was very stressed. And I'm working out almost to maybe relieve a little bit of the stress, just to kind of get your adrenaline going. It didn't do what what it really should have done until I actually found uh, yoga to kind of calm me down and kind of open my eyes like, okay, do you want to be doing this for the rest of your life? You're going to be, you're going to be a zombie. Right. You know, right. You're a zombie. This is not, this is not the life I had envisioned yet. You're making money, but money is not that important. Right. And now, and now you're, now you're on the beaches of Bermuda and, doing handstands and talking about two flowers standing next to each other. What a change. Listen, (laughs) I mean, yeah. And I mean, talking about yoga, it's like my, my boyfriend now, he's never taken a yoga class before. Maybe this is coming back to your example from the beginning. Mm -hmm. What does someone think when they take my class for the first time? For example, he's never taken a class. He's never done yoga. I never forced him. All of a sudden, out of the blue, he's like, I want to take the class. I'm like, all right. And he's a big he's a big runner and a big cyclist. Mm-hmm. So came, took the class. It was in the hot room. It was a Saturday morning class. It was like maybe 55 people in the room. And I put him in the back corner, and he's like, he was hooked after one class. So it's kind of like, you know, but he's also into the athleticism and he's, you know, so it's, and I maybe should have used him as an example, how, how has it changed, you know, people's lives doing yoga. I mean, it got to the fact where he's actually become such a calm individual and that he actually, it's completely changed his life. And I saw it. Wow. That's amazing. Took four weeks off from from his job here in Bermuda and did the teacher training at Pure oh. last summer. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Wow. Look at you, Julia, changing lives. That's amazing. Well, listen, I, I'm I'm so happy you you came on to talk about this with me. Obviously, I 
miss you and I can't wait till your classes back in person. Hopefully one day in the next 20 years, we can all see each other again. And yeah, listen, I just, I, I wish you the best of luck with what you're doing. I encourage uh, our listeners, if they're, if they're interested to go to your website again, that's Julia Stevens dash fitness.com and Stevens is with a PH, you know, to check it out and see who you are, see what you look like, see what you're doing and, you know, try one of your classes either online or then hopefully in person. What you bring to the the yoga studio and the practice is so interesting and it's unique and it's fun and it's, you know, it's high energy and it's just a, a different way to look at it. And it's, it's the way that I, you know, sort of come to yoga and it's so it clicks with me, and I think a lot of people would find it surprising and amazing. Uh, and so I would encourage people to to try it. Awesome! Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman Podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H E A L T H F U L W O M A N dot com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.